Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. And for today's episode, I have a really special guest. I have my friend Ashley Sorokis here to talk all about how to build a pretty and profitable website. Now, if you want to talk websites, Ashley is the person you must go to because she knows everything about how to create, like I said, a pretty and profitable website specifically on Squarespace. So we are going to talk today about how to brand yourself on your website, different platforms to consider. And like I mentioned, Squarespace being her favorite, she'll tell you why. We're going to talk about how to create content for your website and then how to actually help it convert into clients. So it's not just this pretty website that doesn't do anything. So I'm really excited to have her on. And let me just tell you a little bit about Ashley. So Ashley is a former registered holistic nutritionist turned wellness website and brand expert. She knows how to build a business in multiple ways after serving dozens of one-on-one health clients, generating thousands of dollars through her online courses, and growing a network marketing business to 6,500 plus customers and multiple six figures. Ashley's taught hundreds of tech-shabby wellness entrepreneurs how to brand their business and build their own websites through her course and website templates. She firmly believes that you don't have to be a professional graphic designer or website developer to create your own pretty and profitable website that builds your business on autopilot. You just have to know where to start. So welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you for the lovely introduction. I feel so accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) You are. You are very accomplished. Thank you. Why don't you just start by telling us, um, I mean, I know I read your bio, but why don't you just start by telling us like a little bit about, you know, that transition from like nutritionist to wellness website and brand expert and why you really are that expert on websites now. Yeah. So I started, I graduated back in the day in 2008 from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And right away, before I graduated, I started and I registered my business. I knew that I wanted to move back to my hometown. And I knew that there weren't really any employment opportunities in this natural nutrition field. I could, I guess I could have gotten like a minimum wage job. I could have gotten a job like at the grocery store in like the organic section. Um, but I was like, I'm not, I don't want to make like 12 or 13 or $15 the rest of my life per hour. And so I registered my business and I very soon realized that I had no idea what I was doing. I then realized you could invest in things like business coaches. I didn't even know that was a thing. And it took me about three or four years to really understand what it meant to niche down, to choose an ideal client, to create a website that would work for you. I, in, you know, over that four years invested in very high end website developer and designer copywriters. Um, and I realized that that online part was going to be a big part of my business. I, um, am an introvert. I don't love doing a lot of like the in-person classes. I was doing talks locally, but there was only so many 
businesses locally that I could reach out to. Like it, it, I was reaching to, to the same places every couple of months and maybe twice a year I would talk there, but it soon got to the point where they weren't even letting me mention my business name or even hand out my business cards. And I was like, why am I even doing this? Um, so that was about the time where everyone started going online. And so I, you know, invested in that high end website. I realized that that process, I really enjoyed it. And it was new to me. I had always done my own websites through me and my husband. You know, we were sitting there back in the day on like Dreamweaver and like designing <laughs> my website and like literally just going to someone else's website and saying like to my husband, like, can't you just make me that? Like, I didn't know the process of what it meant to actually define my business for myself and who I wanted to work with. So once I started figuring out that you could choose who you wanted to work with, that there was a benefit from talking to one specific audience and creating content to help just that one audience, my business started exploding. So that was when I was able to really um, hone in on this client of mine. Um, at that time, I was a young mom and we had our son, Alex, and I was starting to work with women that were burnt out and, and hormone issues and digestive issues and sleep issues. And they were all tied towards the same thing. So that was around the time I developed my own online course, developed my own online course platform. Cause back at that time, like teachable was new. There weren't really a lot of online hosting, uh, course hosting platforms. Like the whole idea was that you built your own on WordPress. We were all using Marie Forleo's B school as this like epitome of what it looked like to build your own online course. And by going through that process and investing in high-end websites and, and realizing um, it wasn't, and not in an egotistical way, not, not judging the, the wonderful people that I had worked with, because I'd worked with some really amazing professionals. But I was like, I could do that. Like, why did I need to pay $20,000 total that's still sitting on my line of credit that I haven't paid off yet? Um, when a year and a half later, I realized my website wasn't working for me. I realized that I had incorporated essential oils. At that point, I had joined doTERRA and I was working a business with doTERRA. And I went to change stuff on my website to talk about essential oils. And I couldn't change anything because it was so custom and it was so specialized that I couldn't even change the writing of a paragraph. And I was like, okay, well, I now, because I have all this money tied up in my line of credit, like I can't afford to pay someone the 50 or $75 an hour it's going to take to redo that. And that's the point where I realized I needed to scrap that very expensive website and I needed to develop my own that if my, my business pivoted, if I wanted to change something out, if I wanted to add on a new revenue stream, that I could actually develop my own sales pages and my own websites. And I wouldn't have to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for someone else to do that. And that's when I realized my love of websites. It's, I merged together my, I was doing all my own graphic design in my business for a few years at that point. And I realized like the only thing getting in my own way of doing my own website is a, the know-how, like I didn't know where to start and B, my own confidence. I was afraid that I wouldn't do a good enough job. And so I taught myself how to use Squarespace. Um, it was a newer or a, a lesser known website builder at the time. And I just realized like, I absolutely love building websites. Like if, if like, you know, you could say to me like, what, what's something that you would do for the rest of your life that would really make you feel, you know, professionally happy, um, creatively happy for me, that's websites. And so I, you know, just started 
specializing in that and, and doing some websites for friends. And really just like, if there was, if I was in a stressful time and I was like, what do I want to do? I was like, I just want to play around on my website. And I just want to like, you know, make some pretty pictures for Instagram that follow my branding guidelines. Like that's what I love doing. And that's why I do it now is because I don't want, and I don't think you have to as a, you know, starting wellness entrepreneur, someone who's just starting out, who maybe has invested money in school, who maybe still has student loans from a previous degree, like I did when I started nutrition school, you don't have to spend $20,000 to look professional. With the technology that we have nowadays, it is so it is so much easier than it used to be. It used to be this like hidden behind the scenes, you thought like you had to be like a nerd learning CSS coding and you're like sitting in a dark room with this black screen with the green writing and you're like, coding different things. No, like it is drag and drop. You can like, if I'm, I'm, I like to say, if you can buy something off of Amazon, if you're tech savvy enough to buy something off Amazon, you have the skills to build your own website. There's no excuses. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I love that you kind of took that problem that you had of, okay, I can't do anything on this website that someone made professional for me. I don't even know how to change anything. And there's got to be a better way. Turn that around, made your own website and now teach other people. I just think it's so fantastic because you really took that problem and made a solution for it. And um, so many people are thankful for that because um, I know that a lot of people first starting their business, coming out of school, whatever it is, they think automatically I need to get a WordPress website. Like, mm-hmm. do you find that you hear that all the time? Oh my God, WordPress, like that's all that people knew. That's all that I knew. And that's how I started in Squarespace is I had made the decision, I need to build my own website. I need to take control of this. I want to be able to make changes in the future. So at the time, I then started Googling around and I knew WordPress. I actually knew it fairly well. I had done all my previous websites. They were all in WordPress. And I was like, I want to make it look professional though. Like it's very hard when you have a WordPress website to make it look professional unless you know what you're doing in a, in a really like deep level of knowledge about WordPress with custom coding and stuff. And so I had bought this and it was marketed as this very easy to use drag and drop WordPress template. And I was like, great, because I've been hearing about Squarespace that it was drag and drop. And I was like, that sounds like a good solution. But I only knew WordPress. And I had in my mind that WordPress was like the epitome of a website builder. Like I couldn't use anything else. So I bought this, I think it was 200-ish dollars. And I was like, and I had, you know, my son was young and he was at home and, and, you know, anyone with young children will know that it's hard to balance when you have a project that you just want to get done at work with having young children. And I said to my husband, I'm going to go rent a hotel room and I am going to rent it for two nights and two days. And I'm going to come home with a finished website. Like, I'm just going to go and like, I'm just getting it done. Like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of feeling like I'm, you know, wading through this lost wasteland of websites. Like, I just want to get it done. And I sat there the first day for eight hours and tried to build my about page. And at the end of eight hours, I had like my top two sections because it was such a, I was like, I don't understand how this is the quote unquote easiest WordPress template to use. This is not easy. And I was very tech savvy. I still am very tech savvy, but that was when I, like, I just, when I say on, in my, you know, marketing that I understand what it's like to want to take your computer and throw it out the window because it's just not working. Like that's how I felt. 
And so even though I had bought this template for $200, I was like, screw this. I'm going to try out this quote unquote Squarespace. Like I didn't really know much about it. And like, it was night and day. I was like, oh my God, this is so much easier. Not to mention so much more secure. Anyone who has used WordPress or has experience in WordPress knows that you generally have um, multiple plugins that you're using. So WordPress has this ability to add in different features through what's called plugins. And these plugins constantly need to be updated, like constantly. Like I was logging in almost every day. And if you didn't update those, it was putting your website at risk of a security threat, of actually getting hacked and all that sort of stuff. I realized with Squarespace, like you don't need any of that. You don't have plugins. It's all one. It's very secure. I had friends over the last few years have their WordPress websites hacked, their Facebook ads hacked, their Facebook pages hacked because of their WordPress websites not being completely secure. And I was like, once I realized that there, A, was another platform you could use, and B, it actually was way better, I was like, I'm never looking back. And that's how I moved from WordPress and realized, like, no, it's not the only solution. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we might as well talk about the different platforms now because this is a perfect se- segue. So you're saying WordPress might not, you know, for certain people, maybe it works if you have this like huge tech background, but even like you said, for you, it, it was a bit tough. So um, maybe that's not the best one for us to go for. What are some other website uh, platforms that you hear people using all the time that you would maybe steer people away from? Yeah, I hear the big three to me, in my opinion, are WordPress, Squarespace, and Wix. So WordPress, again, is that, you know, traditional, everyone's used it, but unless you do have really hardy custom coding skills, or a lot of patience to understand and do a lot of research, um, it might not be for you. If you do have that experience, maybe it is the best option. If you have the ability to hire someone to do that for you with that expertise, maybe that is the best option. Um, Then we have Wix, which is very similar to Squarespace in that it's a drag and drop builder. Now, the difference between Wix and Squarespace is that Wix does not have an automatic mobile-friendly equivalent website that is built alongside your regular one. So I know that when we first met Steph, I remember that being a conversation that you had a Wix website and you were showing me that you were like, okay, so I built my website and here's how it looks when someone's viewing it on a computer. But then I have to build an entirely second version of my website and choose how I want it to look on mobile. So essentially you had to build two websites for one for your regular website. And then we get, right. Do you remember that? Like, I remember you showing me the screen and I was like, I was like, girl, you got to get on Squarespace. Like, what is this? Why are you spending time essentially building two websites? Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, so then I introduced you to Squarespace and I was like, look at this. I'm like, you build it in your desktop or on your laptop and look, it automatically creates a mobile optimized version. And you were like, it was like, you know, watching someone's mind get blown right in front of you. I thought it was so funny that I could like, just with this one little tip, I was like, look at this. Um, so to me, that is the difference between the three. WordPress requires hearty, under, deep understanding of website building and, and or possible CSS coding or HTML coding. Wix is you're going to be spending time building a second version of your website for mobile optimization, which FYI in the year 2020, when we're recording this, is very um, important. Back even two years ago, it wasn't, it was just starting to be really important. Four years ago, wasn't even really on our radar. 
Um, but mobile devices and having your website viewed properly on a mobile device is very important for things like search engine optimization, getting found on Google, getting organic traffic, getting sent to it, and also keeping people on your website. Because if you have a poor experience on a mobile device, people are going to click to it. And my statistics on my own website show that about 52% of people coming to my website are viewing it on a mobile device. So this isn't, you know, a small percentage of people. Your percentage is probably very similar stuff to mine. Like, I'm just going to assume that it's probably about half and half at this point. Um, So, you know, if someone clicks to your website from social media or from anywhere else, Google, maybe they're searching something in Google and they're coming across your website as a search result. If they click to it and they can't read the writing, it looks like crap. It's not sending them to the right page. The images are really big and they have to like pinch in or, you know, like it's not sized properly for a mobile device. There's a very high chance they're just going to click away. They're going to go back to Google and look for the next result. And that's called, um, what's that called? Uh, A bounce. That's just called like a hard bounce where someone lands on your site and they're like, "Mm, no, not right for me. And they click right away. That's not what we're going for. We're going for creating long-term relationships with people. We need to create trust in order to turn them into paying customers. So we need to get them to stay on our website for as long as possible. And that means providing a good mobile experience. So that to me is the big difference when I look at Wix versus Squarespace. So for me, Squarespace is easy to use, easy to use for a beginner, easy to use to create a very professionally, a professional looking website with very uh, low level of tech skills, but also we have the bonus that it creates a mobile optimized site automatically for us. So to Mm. me, I'm like, check, 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 check. You know, Squarespace is the winner. Yeah. And one thing that I see happening, um, because some of my clients do use Wix, they're kind of like too far in the experience Mm -hmm. that that I can't like, well, I mean, I'm sure I could tell them the benefits of Squarespace, but you know, they're just in it. So I'm like, I'm going to just support you with where you're at and what you've chosen. But what I notice is um, some of their websites aren't super responsive. So I'll actually go to their, I'll put their domain in and it will take a moment or two to load. And for me, like I'm such a goldfish brain, like if, you know, it doesn't load fast enough, I'm like, okay, next website website. So do you find that like Squarespace is pretty responsive and loads quickly? Like, do you see that with other platforms being well, a problem? See, there's, there's a lot to do with the content that is on the website that is causing it to load at different speeds. So there's actually a module in my course where we go through that's part of search engine optimization. That's something that Google and other search engines are logging the average load time for your website and certain pages of your website. If you have a faster loading website, that search engine is more likely to show your website as the result for a certain search because it knows that it's going to load quickly. They know the longer it takes, the most likely someone's going to click away and stop searching that thing. And so they're not going to be using their services if they're getting annoyed with the quality of results that are coming from it. So the way that, and one of the big things that results in poor load times is the size of the images that you are uploading into your website. So we tend to have very image heavy websites now. Everyone has those big, you know, full width, beautiful pictures behind, which are called banner images. Um, You might have animation on your website. All of those things increase load time. So you're generally looking for a load time of less than two seconds. And there are websites that you can go to and plug in your URL website address, and it will give you a score Uh, based on how quickly your website loads. And it will actually tell you the reasons why it may be loading fast or slow. 
Oh, wow. Do you know yeah. any of those off the top of your head? Uh, I think one is called, I want to say, tiny, no, um, pingdom.com. Just a second. I will find it for you. It is in my course, which I'm updating right now. So I'm very aware. I just haven't updated that particular lesson yet. Um, but it is, um, I want to say pingdom is one, um, pingdom speed test. If you Google pingdom instead of pingdom, it's pingdom speed test. That will take you to the website and it's free and it's an awesome uh, test to be able to use. So it is at tools.pingdom, P-I-N-G-D-O-M.com. Awesome. And you I'm just plug go in your URL and it will tell you how long it takes to load. Hmm. And it will give you yeah. a grade from A to F, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think everybody's going to run and test their website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we do want it to load as quickly as possible because every second I take, I know it doesn't seem like very long. Like what's the difference between two or three seconds? Every extra second it takes is a chance that someone is going to go click away. That's the reason um, why I don't use, um, is it LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn oh, profile. Link Linktree? Linktree. I don't use Linktree on Instagram because I don't know if you've noticed, but when someone uses Linktree as their link from Instagram, because you can only have the one link, right? You click on that. It takes forever to load forever. So what I did is I created an Instagram landing page on my own website because my own website is loading up, you know, like two seconds versus Linktree. I find like takes like five seconds to load. So yeah, like, I'm I did right, but people thing. on Instagram are like, come on, like I want a result right now. And if you're sitting there and it takes too long, you're almost going like, is this not going to work altogether? So you just click away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's part interest. of, yeah. So if Wix, I mean, that's another good piece of advice. I have, I mean, I haven't used it in detail in a long time, but like, okay, that's another X against Wix guys. <laughs> another one. Now, again, if you are using your website as you have right now, if it's going to take you two to three months to get a new website up and running, and that's time that could be better spent creating revenue, that's one thing. You know, just use the tools that you have right now. And Steph and I were talking about this before this call. Everyone thinks that, you know, the grass is greener on the other, other side. Everyone thinks that by switching to a different software, a fancier software, a more expensive software, which none of these necessarily are more expensive, but you think that you're moving your business forward. But you have to ask yourself, am I using my tools that I have right now to their limit? And if I have reached that limit, when am I going to schedule in when I go to a new system? So it might be that you schedule in a new website six months or a year from now, but you use the website that you have right now to its full advantage. Mm -hmm. That's such good advice. Yeah, because so many people are just jumping to, well, that's not working the next thing. Like Um, MailChimp, I'm going to go to ConvertKit. Oh, I heard about Flowdesk. Oh, and it (laughs) takes like, guys, it takes forever to migrate yourself between all of those platforms. When you add it all together, you might've just wasted six months of time building an email list. I want to ask you is if you don't think any of your current email software is working, when was the last time you even sent a newsletter? because Mm -hmm. guess what? Your email software is not going to work for you if you're not actually sending education to your ideal client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Like use your tools that you have now. If you're like, ooh, like I can get 2% better open rate using this software over here, but you haven't sent an email in six months. Guess what? Guess what? 2% of zero is zero. (laughs) You Mm got to use the tools that you have. Mm -hmm. 
I love you with your straight talk because you just oh like to it. You're not beating around the bush. And mm-hmm. and it's true. It's like a lot of these time wasters that so many of yeah. us are spending. I mean, that can be, this is a perfect segue into what I want to talk about next because I feel like a big time waster, um, or I'd love to know your thoughts on this, is when people are starting their website, they get so stuck on, I need the perfect logo or I need the perfect picture or, you know, the branding. Yeah. I have to hire the branding expert that's going to cost ten thousand dollars i was gonna say branding experts are a lot like you think hiring at a website is expensive branding experts are even more expensive than website builders and website developers um and here's my take on it when was the last time a logo ever talked anyone into buying a two thousand dollar health package a logo does not mean anything a logo is just one symbol that represents what your brand is. Essentially, it's almost like a brand. Like we can take it, it's kind of like you brand cattle to know who it belongs to. I like using a logo. Essentially, it goes on my website. It used to go on a business card. I don't even have business cards anymore because everything of mine is done online. I have no use of actually printing business cards. So my logo goes on the top of my website. Well, guess what? Someone's maybe seeing that for what? 10 seconds when they come to my website. What is actually talking them into the fact that I'm an expert is them reading my educational content. So yes, a logo is important, but I would not spend any more than, and with tools like Canva, with their beautiful logo templates that you have, you can spend 10 minutes creating a timeless logo that you can use for the next five years and get on with your life because a logo never sold anyone anything. Now, what does sell people especially for a higher end package. If you want to raise your prices, if you want to sell an online course and have it uh, be sold for you without you having to get on sales calls, you want it to basically sell on evergreen. What is going to sell that for you is a consistent high end brand experience, which just means that the process is you sit down and define your ideal client first. So you decide who do I want to help? What do I want to help them with? What are their problems that they're dealing with every day because of this problem? So what are their pain points? And how am I going to communicate to them that I am the person to help them solve that problem? So for instance, um, well, let me continue with that. So after we've defined the ideal client, we then are going to choose things like colors, brand colors for our business, and a logo and fonts from feelings that we want our ideal client to feel. So let's say I like to use this example of anxiety. I struggle with anxiety. Um, I am very public about that. So I have no problem talking about that. But if I wanted to help people with anxiety, when I first start my branding experience, I say, how do I want my ideal client to feel? If someone has anxiety, what do I want them to feel in the end after they've worked with me? I want them to feel calm. I want them to feel um, free. I want them to feel settled or grounded. I want them to feel um, joy. Because a lot of people with anxiety, you feel like you're stuck with in this cage of your anxiety. So once you've defined how you want them to feel, that's what you choose your fonts and your brand colors from. If I go to a website that is trying to help me deal with anxiety and trying to help people that suffer from very bad anxiety, and that website is bright red, that is not going to help them feel calm. To me, as someone with anxiety, I associate red with, like, I'm looking at a screen right now as we're recording this, and there's a big red button that indicates that we're recording. 
to draw our attention. And that's why social media accounts set notifications as red, because to us, it means alert. It means like, be on alert, be aware, be it, it starts sending this almost like subconscious fight or flight response through us, right? So if I'm wanting to help someone with anxiety, and I want them to feel calm, how is that color red going to help them feel calm? It's not. So we need to make choices for our brand colors and our fonts, believe it or not. Um, I like to say, for instance, say if you wanted to help really high income menopausal women, but you have a font that looks like a child's handwriting. Those two don't go together. So you do need to have, it doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to make sense. And it needs to be something that is going to support how they want to feel. So then you use those colors and you use those fonts to create your content on your website and on social media. And you create your logo from those colors and those same fonts. And what it does is when you create, and most people are probably going to find you either on social media or on a search engine, most likely. So when they're finding you on social media, what does someone do before they follow you? They go and click to your profile and they kind of scroll through a little bit and they kind of look at your like top nine posts. Maybe they scroll down a little bit, but through those images, they can start to get an idea of your branding, whether you're aware of it or not. So are you using the consistent colors? Are you using the same fonts or are you a hot mess and you're all over the place and you're just posting what you feel like posting that day? What it's going to do is when they're looking at that, if they've decided to follow you, if you have a call to action to go to your website, if they click through to your website and they are seeing the same consistent colors, the same fonts, the same types of voice, like they've read one of your posts, maybe it's the same type of voice or writing that you have then on your website, what it's going to tell their brain is, I'm safe because I know what to expect. And when a brain feels safe, it can start to develop trust. Versus going to a website and saying, I don't know what to expect here. Because when our brain says to us, let's say you have a relationship with someone and you don't know what to expect from that person, that doesn't help you develop trust in knowing that you're going to feel safe with that person. That's how our brains as human beings work. So this is why with branding, by you choosing to have a consistent, doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean that you paid $10,000 for it. You need to have colors that make sense. There's a very easy process. You can do this by yourself in Pinterest, which is free. And as long as you have consistent colors that make sense with what you want your ideal clients to feel and how you want to support them, That is what leads to a high-end customer experience, and it does not need to cost you $10,000. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I think so many people feel like they can't start their business until their branding is looking perfect, and they don't even know where to start. So you just gave them... it's not expensive. It's just a process. They just don't know the process. Mm-hmm. Very easy to do. If again, if you can save a, a a post on Instagram, if you can repost something to your Instagram stories, you have all the skills you need to choose your own brand colors and fonts. Mm, yeah, and like it's you said, with tools like Pinterest, Canva, like there's yeah. nothing really stopping you. No, there's not. There's beautiful templates already made for you in Canva. And if you don't want something exactly like that, you can then go and personalize it with your colors and make it look totally different than someone else. If you don't want it to look like it's carbon copy of a template from Canva, there are absolutely ways to make it your own within half an hour Mm -hmm. and cost you virtually nothing except for maybe a subscription to Canva Pro. (laughs) 
That's about all you need. Maybe you want to add in something from creative market. Okay, there's another 20 or $30. But like, honestly, that's max. You're not looking at five or $10,000. That's what we invest in when we're wanting to charge $50,000 for one of our products or services. You mm-hmm. don't need to spend $10,000 when you haven't even gotten out of the gate yet. Hey, yeah, if you want to, if you have the money sitting there, absolutely. I would much rather you take that money and hire a business coach and learn how to market effectively. Because mm-hmm. it's fine if you've invested that in a brand, but it's what you're going to do with that brand, i.e. marketing, that's going to make you the money. Anyone can have a logo that they paid $10,000 for sitting on a hard drive. If it's not anywhere else, if you're not using it anywhere else to create any other content, you're, you might as well have just flushed that $10,000 down the toilet. Hey there, I hope you're getting so much value from this episode. So I wanted to take a quick pause to tell you about the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective and share a special offer just for podcast listeners like you. If you're trying to get momentum with your nutrition business or need some support figuring out your next steps or brainstorming ideas, this monthly membership is for you. Inside, you'll get monthly in-depth marketing, sales, and business trainings, and Q&A sessions to help you grow your nutrition business, as well as a supportive community where you can ask questions and exchange ideas. If you want to learn more or join us in the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective, head on over to www.stephanielong.ca slash membership, and be sure to use the code podcast in the checkout to get your first month for only $7. See you inside. Yeah. So that kind of even brings me into the whole conversation about conversion on your website because you could have, okay, so let's assuming now or assume now that they've, you know, created some of their brand colors, they've got their fonts, they've plopped it all on the website, but they're not necessarily like communicating what they do. Like, is that going to actually convert into clients? So talk about conversion and what this means to you and how to like optimize your website so people actually want to work with you. Yeah, this is what I call, and this is why we're talking about the pretty and profitable website. Because I can't tell you, I mean, my website in 2014 that cost me $20,000, it was pretty. I mean, if it's not pretty for $20,000, what the hell did I pay for? But I mean, it was a really good website, but I wasn't necessarily using it as the tool that I needed to use it for. Because that's what your website is. It's a tool. It's not a digital business card. A digital business card is one where, you know, a business card where you hand it out at an event and 99.9% of the time people are taking it and throwing it in the recycling or the trash after. That's not growing your business. You feel like you did something because you handed out a business card. But if that business card isn't being used as a tool to develop a relationship with someone, then it's nothing. So same thing with a website is you need to A, decide... I'm saying lots of like A's, B's, and C's. So you need to decide first and foremost, what do I want to draw attention to that is going to help me develop a relationship with this person? That most likely and the easiest, not the easiest, the most effective way to turn it into sales is through an email. So an email marketing, um, so an opt-in, a lead magnet. Um, Hardly ever anymore is it going to work by just putting up a box that says, join our newsletter. I rare, like, I don't know who actually opts in for that stuff anymore, unless you're like a 60 year old woman who like hasn't been annoyed that everyone is asking for your email now. Um, but for me, it needs to be a tool that is very targeted towards that ideal client, helping to solve that ideal client's problem. 
So it might be a meal plan, it might be an ebook, it might be a, a webinar uh, presentation, it could be anything else. I have a lot of um, opt-ins on my website that are things like spreadsheets and recordings of how to use that spreadsheet or different tools like that. So um, get creative and say like, and, and sit down. And this comes with the first step of branding, which is knowing your ideal client and knowing their problems. So sitting down and saying, what are my top three ideal clients problems relating directly to this problem that I solve for them? So if that's colitis, if it's menopause, if it's hormone issues, whatever it might be, right? Skin issues. You then say, okay, what are their top three excuses? Is it, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have, I don't know where to start. Is it, I don't have the energy. What is it? And then you ask yourself, how do I help them overcome those excuses? Because if they still have those excuses, they're never going to buy something of yours, much less even opt in for an email for something, right? So you have to develop, and for me, that comes with developing content mainly in my blog. So I treat every single blog post as one solution to my ideal client's problem. So do they not know a certain skill and I need to teach it to them? Do they not know a certain technique? Um, do they not know that this one thing even is a problem? So I have to teach them about the theory behind that thing first. Um, so for instance, if you have people with skin issues and they have acne and they have you know, a 25-year-old woman that's your ideal client and you want to help her get rid of acne and she desperately wants to get rid of her acne, she's tried Accutane and Proactive and all the things but maybe she doesn't know. We all know as wellness entrepreneurs that she needs to be working with her gut. But if she doesn't know that, you need to teach that to her first. So you need to have a blog post on why putting all of this stuff on your skin isn't going to help you if you have hormonal acne, right? You need to A, balance the gut. B, balance the hormones, deal with your adrenals, deal with your stress, look at food allergies, look at all these different things, right? But she might not know that yet. So each of your blog posts, you're going to pick an individual topic of something she might not even know she had a problem, or if she knows she has a problem, she doesn't even know that there's a solution. So that's what you're going to teach in individual blog posts, and they are going to be micro lessons, one individual topic that you teach her about that thing that helps solve her problem. And the best place to put an opt-in for conversion is at the bottom of one of those helpful blog posts. Because she's just spent this time going, damn, this person knows what they're talking about. And then you offer an additional tool at the bottom that helps her take it to the next level and continue that education. She's going to go, yeah. Like if that was a really good blog post, she's going to go, yes, I want that thing. Instead of then having to click over to your homepage or somewhere else. So content upgrades, that's what we call those opt-ins right in a blog post. Content upgrades I have found are one of the best ways to convert people from cold visitors to your website, especially from social media, chances are they're finding your website through blog posts because we can use blog posts to create five to 10 separate pins for Pinterest. We can use our individual blog posts as separate posts on Instagram. So I have a blog post all about how to take one blog post and create two weeks of social media content in less than four hours if you have one blog post already written. So you then take it, you create five pieces of content for Pinterest. You create four different Instagram posts that go out over those two weeks. You create four different Instagram stories. Here are the different ways you do that. You can then create a YouTube video. You then can cut down and chop down the YouTube video into an IGTV video that you then upload to Instagram. There's another piece of content. Um, and then you could turn it into a podcast episode if you wanted to. There's like seven different platforms that you just generated from one blog post. 
And the best part is, is that the blog post is going to be highly search engine optimized. So you're also more likely to generate traffic from search engines that are looking for a specific question that you solved and answered in that blog post. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point here. I mean, there is a million good points there that I hope everybody can rewind and listen to over and over. Um, But one point is that if you just have a website with no new content, you know, Mm -hmm. what's driving people back to it? So would you argue that having something on your website that is drawing people in consistently over time is like one fundamental thing you must have? Yes. And that is, it's the system of you're most likely going to get visitors back to the website on your blog um, through blog content. So when you're um, either getting cold visitors from social media, it creates something new to talk about on social media. It also gives you a reason to email your current email subscribers and say, I have this new thing. And this doesn't have to be once a week that you're developing new content. I would rather my students in my course develop one amazing blog post, very intentional and well thought out blog post a month, rather than a crappy pushed out blog post once a week. So you can ask yourself, do I have the bandwidth to create maybe a blog post every other week, once a month, um, bi-weekly? And so that would be like, you know, twice a month, some months, three three times a month, some other months. Um, So you just look at it and say, okay, I, you know, it's better to put out 12 months, 12 pieces of content once a month for an entire year, but you spend more time marketing that content. So it's not about, it's like launching a course. You could spend all the time in the world creating an amazing course, but if you don't spend the time marketing the course so that anyone knows about it, you're not going to be successful. Same thing with blog posts. Take the time you were going to spend writing blog posts, cut it in half and take the half of that time you were going to spend writing and put it into marketing the blog post itself. So you can have opt-ins in your blog posts, but you also can have your opt-ins on your homepage. That might be your bigger, more generalized opt-ins, but I guarantee you, you're probably going to get more opt-ins through blog content upgrades than you are through just regular standing lead magnets. Mm -hmm. And for one quick sec, can you actually talk about what that upgrade might look like? Because what I'm thinking is people might be like, okay, so I have to do the blog post, but then I also have Mm -hmm. to create like separate kind of blog post. So could this be like a one pager, a checklist? Like what does that commonly look like? Yeah, what I consider a content upgrade is um, the blog post might be the how. Um, or sorry, the, like the more theory-based version of why they might want to do a thing a certain way. The content upgrade, I like to give them something that helps them implement that information. So yeah, if it's um, you need to, you know, to get rid of your acne, you need to balance your gut. And you've explained, okay, you can do that with L-glutamine, um, probiotics, slippery elm, um, you know, turmeric, and you give them different options, maybe the way that you're going to help them implement it the easiest is you say, if you want to know my specific recommendations for supplements and where you can buy them online, click to opt in below. So you're making their life easier because then they don't have to go searching for which supplements and from where and from this store you get this and this, you have it all in one place. And bonus, if you do, um, what is it where you can have your own virtual dispensary? online. There's an online store. Yeah. So if you have that, you can even send them to your own store to buy them all in one place in one purchase. Mm -hmm. So you're making their life easier and helping them implement the information that you taught them in the blog post. That's what I like as a content upgrade is, is the implementation side of it. 
Yeah. And you can just imagine if you've given all of that support, then people are going to be like, wow, what is it like to actually work with this person? And then that's that whole driving factor to maybe I should check out their services. They've given me so much for free. I'm going to take that next step versus you don't give them anything. They come to your website. They don't really know what you do. And yet you're expecting them to just click and sign up right away. Exactly. So what we're doing is that's what I like to say in um, email list that or sorry, an email sequence that then comes if they opt in, you could do a nurture sequence over the three to five days, pointing them to a sales page on your website. And you want them thinking if their free stuff is this good, how good is their paid stuff? They're much more likely to invest. So if you liked this thing for free, come click over here and you're going to like this even more. You've created that trust. You've shown them that this is and an, you know this is how much of an expert I am. This is how willing I am to teach you, even if you're not even paying me yet. So imagine how good and how far we're going to get and how quickly we can get there if you invest on this side with me. Yeah, that's the and process I, they're going through. Yeah, I feel like you've made such a case for you know even some people being like, well. I don't really have the money right now to invest into a website, like even just the, you know, monthly payment for the platform. I think you just showed how you can get such a return on your investment that it's like, how could you not pay to have a website platform running for you when you're going to make the potential of so much more money back? And when you're paying for something, if you can't totally afford it, you're much more likely to take it seriously. You, you're, if you are paying and like, it's a struggle to pay that, you know, $12 a month for Squarespace for their starter package. If you're like, like, and honestly, that to some people is legitimate concern and that's totally okay. But if you are going to decide to invest that money, you better work. Like you better make that $12 work so hard for you. It's mm-hmm. so easy for people to say, I can't afford it. Or they invest in it and go, well, nothing changed. Yes, but did you do anything with that amazing tool that you've been given? And if the, if the honest answer is no, then whose fault is that? Mm-hmm. Sorry, like no one wants to hear that, but well, you know, it's the truth. That's what you're good for, Ashley. You're like the straight <laughs> talker. You just tell people because sometimes we need to hear this. We need to hear that, you know, um, have we really wrung it out? You know, if you think about it, like a wet towel, you have it has all this potential, but have you like wrung it out every you get time? every drop out of there? Come exactly. on, guys, you can do it. <laughs> exactly, and I really feel like you know what you're doing, what you're teaching, what you're preaching is like you know, you can use the website as a tool. It's not just some stagnant, like you said, online business card that's like someone's going to toss away or look at once. It's something that's generating, 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 but you have to do the work to yeah. make it some place that people want to come back to. Any relationship, guys, a marriage, a good marriage doesn't just happen. A good relationship between friends doesn't just happen. You have to put work into it. It's no different when you have an online business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Well, let's leave it at that because I feel like you've given so much value. Um, Not only did you talk about the website, you talked about marketing, sales, like so many things. I really feel like this, if people kind of follow the direction you gave in this episode, they could do really well in their business. But, Mm -hmm. you know, again, you guys got to take action, do exactly what Ashley said, check into these tools and really, you know, put the work in because that's what you need to do to move your business forward. So why don't you just share with everyone how they can learn more about you, more about your program? Because I'm sure there's people now like, okay, she talked about her program. What is this? I need it. So yeah, let us know about how people can work with you. 
Yeah, I have a course called Brand Build Blog. It takes you through these three steps, branding your business, building your website, and blogging to attract your ideal audience. So there's a link, I believe Steph's going to put in below this podcast. You have two options. There's one for a checklist. It's going to give you every single step you need to go to to get your website out and published to the world. The second option is I have a masterclass teaching you how to get new paying clients on autopilot. And that is more the process that we're talking about in depth throughout this podcast of how the branding fits into it, how your website, what is the uh, essential content that you need to have on your website to get that trust developed as quickly as possible with new website visitors, and then how you blog to continue creating that education and then asking people to become paying clients within 30 days. So there's those two, those two main, I think, pieces that would be the most helpful for you guys. And there should be links um, in this podcast episode to that. Yeah, I'll definitely have that in the show notes. Um, also, where can people find you online and like stock your pretty images and your nice branding? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my website is ashleysorokis.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y. And my last name is S-R-O-K-O-S-Z. So you can find me at ashleysorokis.com or Instagram. I'm at ashleysorokis. Hopefully I'm active. I'm not active while I'm updating my course. It's a behemoth. All of my energy right now is going in to make sure that it is as updated as possible and as full of information that everyone needs to make it work for them. And uh, that'll be done in a couple of weeks time by the time this is published. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure everybody, like I said, has all of the links. Hopefully everybody goes and follows you on Instagram. There's a lot of good stuff there. Even if it's not newly updated, there's so much goodness they can search through. Um, So I'll make sure that everything's there for people. And yeah, thanks again for coming on. This was a blast. Thank you for having me. I hope this is helpful. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.